SRN Survival Radio Network. Radio Network. I am your host, pharmacist, physician, entrepreneur, Dr. Aaron Williams. We are so glad that you have joined us today. Hey, I hope you're having a great week. You know, this is the weekend, so I hope you have some great things planned. Of course, I always say make sure you have some fun, some exercise, and some healthy food. I hope you have some plans to do some things outside. Uh, particularly uh, having fun, but also with exercise. Remember, your health is your wealth. I'd like to take this time to thank to thank some of our listeners from the past, as well as the present, as well as our new listeners. Now, last week, as you know, we had a great show. You know, we had a lot of great shows with some dynamic guests. So, if you missed any of those, you can go to our website. Go to www.weeklywellnessshow.com. Then scroll down to the on-demand section to the Weekly Wellness Show. You'll see our orange and green logo, and you can see all the podcasts that have been done and listen to whichever one you like. And don't forget, if you see something that someone else may benefit from, don't hesitate to share it. Now, we're also on Facebook. So just go to our Facebook group page. We also have the podcast on there as well. And we ask you to please join our Facebook group. Now, next week, we're going to have another exciting topic. You know, November is Diabetes Awareness Month. So I'm going to have Dr. Stanisha Davis. She is a foot surgeon. She's a podiatrist. She's been on the show before. Uh, But we're going to talk about diabetic foot care. Unfortunately, I had a cousin to pass away who had diabetes, and one of the major complications that he had was uh, a complication involving his feet. And so I thought this would be a great topic for us to talk about during this month of Diabetes Awareness Month. Now, if you have any questions or topic ideas, don't hesitate to email me at Williams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Aaron Williams, and don't forget, again, to join our Facebook page. Now, today we have another exciting show for you along with the interesting topic, and of course, as always, dynamic guests. You know, it is flu season. It's that time of the year. Uh, so I've asked wellness expert Carmen Lazan to come on to talk to us about the flu and the flu shot. So remember, she was on the show a few weeks back. She was talking about those triggers, those things that kind of play into our weaknesses when we're trying to diet and exercise. So she talked about that, but this week she's going to talk about the things that you need to do to prepare for flu season. Now in our second segment, we're going to be talking about a very, very hot topic nationally, and that is medical marijuana. As you know, in the United States, Several states have legalized marijuana, but I think there's a lot of information that still needs to be told with regard to this. So, therefore, I've brought on an expert in this area 
Dr. Nefertiti Brown to talk to us in the second segment about medical marijuana. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, please, uh, you know, stay tuned, and I think you'll learn out today. So, but first, I'd like to go ahead and take our first commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned and be informed. for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear, a fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope, available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E, iDope.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than one million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to have you tuning in to the Weekly Wellness Show. Again, we are your resource for better health here on the Survival Radio Network with over 1 million downloads. I'm your host, and I'm honored to be your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. You know, as I stated before the break, this is flu season, and it affects a lot of people. In fact, the CDC has stated that up to 20% of the total U.S. population will get affected by the flu. You know, that's going to lead to over 200,000 hospitalizations. And unfortunately, it estimated that up to about 49,000 people will die of some flu-related illness. And it actually cost the U.S. with regard to, from a financial standpoint, over $10 billion. So I thought it would be very important that we kind of get some more information regarding this. So therefore, I've asked wellness expert. Carmen Lazan to come on to the show. She is not a stranger to the show, as I mentioned to you before. She's done a lot of work with regard to wellness. So therefore, without further ado, let's welcome to the show, wellness expert, Carmen Lazan. Thank you, Dr. Williams. I appreciate the opportunity to be here again uh, to talk to you about the flu. Great, great. Well, we know you're very busy, and uh, we're so glad that you're able to come on the show and talk to us about this flu. I don't want to call it an epidemic, but, of course, this is something we as Americans have to deal with every year. So I thought I'd, that's why I asked you to come on and say and tell us what are some of the things that we need to do 
to kind of get through this flu season? Absolutely. So this is a timely topic for sure. Uh, We are in October. Mm. So there are basically three actions that we can take individually to fight the flu. And Mm. we'll mention them and then we'll break them down. So the first action step is to actually get vaccinated against the flu. The second step would be to actually stop the spread of germs. And the third step would be to take antiviral drugs if your doctor prescribes them. Mm. So let's talk about that first item. So taking the time to get the flu vaccine is very important. CDC recommends a yearly vaccine as the first and the most important step in protecting against flu viruses. So again, Mm. the key is to get this every single year because there are many different flu viruses that circulate around the world. Right. And the flu vaccine is selected each year based on that season's composition of different flu viruses. So we need to do mm. this yearly to protect against those, re- those viruses that the research suggests will be the most common for us to contract. Mm. It, so we're saying that the combination is different every year, so to speak. They kind of customize it. Can it. Be. it can mm. be. So okay. they typically select the strains in the spring to create the vaccine so that it's actually applicable to what's circulating around. So getting mm, the vaccine okay. can actually reduce uh, flu illnesses. It can reduce doctor's visits. And then remember, it can also reduce missed work and school due to the flu, as well as preventing flu-related hospitalizations. Uh, we need to think about that. And also from, you know, just think about the time loss from friends and family and social activities. We're actually coming right. into the holiday season where folks want to be out and about and, you know, enjoying their, enjoying their daily lives. So that's a time right. that you don't want to think about being out for, you know, a few days to a week or more sometimes, depending. Right. So the recommendation is that everyone six months of age or older should get a flu vaccine every year before the flu activity really begins in their community. So the CDC actually recommends getting vaccinated by the end of October if possible. So we're actually behind (laughs) April at this point. I'm late. November 2nd. (laughs) We're in November, so we need to, uh, yeah, we need to get on it. Um, So also this year in particular, the nasal flu vaccine is not recommended. So this hmm. is a year that all the flu vaccines should be the injectable form, and it's really based on um, the activity against the viruses. So it seems that the, the injectable vaccine is going to be uh, better used for the year, this year's flu, for, so from the 2017 okay. to 2018. That's good to know. Interesting. Mm. hmm The other thing is that um, certain people are higher risk in terms of when Mm -hmm. they get the flu, they may have a a more severe illness and have more serious complications. So that would include very young children, pregnant women, people with chronic health conditions like asthma or diabetes, and also people who are 65 years and older. Mm -hmm. It's also important for healthcare workers or those who live or care for um, high-risk people to get vaccinated as well. Mm, Okay. Yeah, that's definitely important. So that second um, action step is to actually just take your everyday preventive actions to prevent the spread of germs. So these are some things that we should know and do, um, things like avoiding close contact with people who are obviously sick. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're sick, okay. also limiting your contact with others as much as possible to keep from them getting infected. Mm-hmm. So, so CDC stay recommends, home. yes, exactly. So CDC recommends mm. that you stay at home for at least 24 hours after your fever is gone. Mm. Um, and also, yes, and that's actually your fever being gone without taking medication. So if your fever is gone because wow. you took Tylenol, that doesn't count. It needs to be on your own. Okay. And those are just basic hygiene things like washing your hands with soap and water. And if 
soap and water is not available, you can use some of those alcohol-based hand sanitizers, also covering your nose and mouth with the tissue when you do cough or sneeze and throwing that tissue out. And also mm-hmm. not touching your eyes, nose, and mouth constantly because, again, germs will spread that way as well. Right. And with the alcohol swabs, I mean, I think I recall something about the fact that once you use them, you got to give them a certain amount of time to dry to be effective. Um, that you know, is correct. And, you know, they like, also have those on the, uh, you know, on the fine print. So make sure you read the labels for each, each uh, item that you're okay. using. Right. You also want to clean and disinfect surfaces and objects that might be contaminated. So, again, at home, you want to look at all the common surfaces that are being touched by you and your family. So the kitchen um, Mm. faucets, the bathroom fixtures, and things like that that are constantly being touched. And just to kind of wipe those down on a regular basis, especially if someone in the household is sick. So just to avoid spreading it from others. Yeah, that's very, particularly yep. in close quarters. A lot of times we're in, um, you know, if you, you know, during the wintertime, a lot of us, you know, we stay inside. So by staying inside, if you've got a, a family of multiples or whatever, uh, and that's no different than any other situation with work. You know, you're bound to uh, not only share air, but share germs. So I think that's a very good idea. Exactly. Also, um, the third action step is to actually take antiviral medications if your doctor prescribes them. So if you do Mm. get the flu, antiviral drugs can be used to help treat your illness. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, these are different from antibiotics, and they're definitely prescription only. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to add. You know, I thought that's a good point. Antivirals, uh, you know, are different than antibiotics. So I think that's a good distinguishing factor there. Exactly. And they're, you know, of course, by prescription and not Mm. available over the counter. Now, these drugs don't necessarily cure you in one day, but they will help to Mm. make the illness milder and shorten the duration of your illness. So they can also prevent some of the serious complications that we talked about. So for people with high-risk factors, that treatment mm-hmm. with the antiviral drug can mean the difference between having a mild illness and actually ending up in the hospital. Right, right. Now, okay. another important thing idea. about these, mm-hmm, another thing about these antiviral drugs is that they actually work best if they're started within two days of getting sick. So we know it's not that mm. easy. You know, once you do come down with something to try to get back out the door, uh, and, and try to see a physician. However, that's the best time to get it started within those 48 hours to help mm-hmm. reduce the duration and, and the complications as we talked about. But again, starting them later can still be helpful, again, especially if you are a person with a high-risk health condition. So you just want to follow mm-hmm. your doctor's instructions for taking that medication. Right, right. Well, what are some of the symptoms? Uh, I mean, I guess they're kind of pretty much kind of common, but any specific symptoms regarding uh, the flu? Well, they are common to many things, um, but I always say, you know, for some reason with the flu, you kind of always know exactly when it hits you. It all seems to hit at once. Um, Mm -hmm. I think everyone has a story. If they've ever had the flu, they remember when. Exactly, exactly when it hit them, what they were doing, where they were, what they had to stop doing. So um, some of the symptoms include fever, cough, sore throat, runny Mm -hmm. nose, body aches, headache. Um, Sometimes folks can get shaken chills or just really feel extremely fatigued. And some other people may also have vomiting and diarrhea, but that's not as common. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. also, you know, depending on your age or other um, co- conditions that you may have, you may also have some of those respiratory symptoms but not have a fever. So it's just important to make sure you get um, into a physician's office if possible if you start coming down with those symptoms all at once and have that fever, even if you don't, if you're just feeling lousy, you know, get yourself checked out and see if you can right. get those antivirals in early. 
Right. Definitely, definitely. And from my perspective, from an oncologist's perspective, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to also add that, uh, you know, for patients getting chemotherapy or radiation therapy, they are at risk for uh, having the flu. But they also need to be careful and they also need to consult with their oncologist uh, with regard to whether or not they should take the flu this season. And also, not mm-hmm. only, you know, should they take it, but which one? Because there are some that are not good uh, for patients with decreased immune system. So I think those are some very key things to to remember. But, exactly. uh, but yeah, I think some great points here. Yeah, so, so to summarize, you know, pretty much one, vaccinate, two, take all these precautionary measures to stop the germs, and three, you mentioned take uh, talk to your doctor about taking antiviral drugs. Exactly. So, great, great. Well, hey, I, I think these are great, and, um, you know, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show to talk to us about it. Uh, like you said, <laughs> It's already started. We're already in November, so a lot of us have a lot of catching up to do, including me. But, Carmen, <laughs> I greatly thank you for coming on the show and hope to have you back at some point. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being honest. It's not too late. We still have <laughs> plenty of time to get that flu shot in, so go for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go ahead and take another commercial break, and we'll be back with our second exciting segment. So please stay tuned and be informed. Of a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S.R.N.
Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show here on the Survival Radio Network. Again, I'm honored to be your host. I'm Dr. Aaron Williams. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about a topic that is very, very popular here in the U.S. and possibly all over the world. That's regarding marijuana. Now, in the United States, 23 states, including, and then, well, in addition to Washington, D.C., have legalized medical marijuana. And, you know, a lot of you have heard that in cities like Denver and Seattle, recreational marijuana plays a big role now in the local business sector. However, more and more states are making an effort to learn more about marijuana's incredible health benefits. In fact, science proves that marijuana can do wonders for improving a patient's quality of life. So I thought it'd be great that we bring someone who deals with this every day with regard to the proper use, not the improper use, but the proper use of marijuana. So I've invited Dr. Nefertiti Brown. She is a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. She trained in general surgery at the State University of New York at Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn. And she also did breast surgical oncology training at the John Wayne Cancer Institute in Santa Monica, California. She currently works in Los Angeles, California. She is a private practice surgeon, and she's also medical director of the 420, that's 420, Doctors Medical Group of Los Angeles, where she provides evaluations and consultations for various cannabis therapies. Now, she's been recognized as one of Los Angeles' top cannabis physicians, treating patients from all across the country that seek her knowledge and expertise in selecting the right therapeutic regimen. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Dr. Nefertiti Brown. Thank you so much, Dr. Williams, for having me on the show to talk about this very important topic. Ah, I'm just, I'm just glad that you're able to carve out a business schedule. You know, uh, you're a surgical oncologist, and you're yes. also an expert in this area with regard to medical marijuana, which has become so, so popular. In fact, Dr. Brown, I was just reading yesterday where an ex-NBA player uh, actually now has not only retired from uh, basketball, uh, mm-hmm. but has started his own production with regard to marijuana. And that was because he benefited from using marijuana, from a marijuana cream, from what I understand, with regard uh, to his uh, knee injury. That was Al Harrington. And so much so he's lobbied the NBA to try to help uh, gain more acceptance with this. So I'm quite sure you see this all the time. And one reason I really want to get you on the show, because, Dr. Brown, I know you're at the forefront, but you're also operating in a state that's been at the forefront of this as well. Absolutely. California was the first state to legalize cannabis for medicinal use in 1996. And finally, Uh after about 17 years, we're about to become fully legalized as of January 1st, 2018. So we'll be available for non-medical as well as medical use. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, You know, California has always been at the forefront of a lot of things in a lot of different areas. So uh, I'm not, I'm not so surprised uh, with this, with these new developments, but now cannabis, uh, Dr. Brown, if I'm correct, that's, this has been around for a while, uh, you know, prior been, to even the U S. Absolutely. I, humans probably cultivated and grew cannabis longer than any other plant. <laughs> it's been really? grown for about, it's been grown for thousands of years in central Asia. And so wow. the first recorded use of it, even though it's been grown for thousands of years, wasn't really until 2700 B.C. in China. Oh, my and, goodness. And it was cultivated by the Chinese emperor of that time, but they didn't specify how he used it, but they just said it was an unspecified herbal remedy that he had to have with his ginseng 
and his ephedra uh-huh. and all of that. So it was doing something for him. But right, as far as Western right. medicine, cannabis didn't really inject itself until about 1839. There was a British uh-huh. surgeon who was practicing in India. His name is William O'Shaughnessy. And he was studying the drug among patients, and he found it to have so many different properties like pain relief, an appetite suppressant, muscle relaxant, some anti-seizure benefits, and anti-nausea medicine also. So um, he wrote up that work, and that work gained traction in Britain, and then it kind of went from there. But this country, Mm. as far as when we started using it as a medication, it wasn't until 1854, so we were a little bit behind there. But unfortunately, cannabis became demonized as a dangerous substance. So by the mm-hmm. 1930s, cannabis was banned in all the states at that time. Um, actually, as doctors, wow. we were forced to remove it from the pharmacopoeia because we fought for at least um, 1937 is when they uh, officially had it banned in all states, and then it wasn't until 1942 that they they forced us to remove it from the pharmacopoeia, so we couldn't even list it as a treatment anymore. Wow. I think it's on, it's on the schedule, and I guess for the audience, you know, you have you know, different, particularly pain medications and narcotics, they're on different schedules, schedule, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Absolutely. And I think cannabis is, is one, which means that it's not even, uh, you can't, you know, you can't write a prescription for it. And, correct. Uh, but the that's, DEA, that's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, correct. The DEA schedules it as a uh, schedule one, which basically means that the drug has a high potential for abuse and no medical benefits are noted. Mm. None. Mm. Wow, but a lot of research now, I guess, is is kind of changing some of that. And I, and I guess, Dr. Brown, we've had, you know, I guess in oncology, uh, and you're you're a surgical oncologist, so you you see this as well. A lot of times, there's some derivatives of marijuana that have been used, you know, like to increase appetite and that kind of thing. Uh, so Absolutely. I guess those are some of the medical things that we've been using it for. But I guess now there's there's this whole new field uh, that that has been that's being developed with regard to new uses uh, of this drug. But go ahead. Um, and so you think the what do we stand on a, on a federal level now with regard to this? Um, on a federal level, cannabis is mm-hmm. illegal to use federally. So oftentimes mm-hmm. I will see a patient that's from out of state, and they will ask me if they can take their medication back home, and I will tell them absolutely oh. not, because if right. you cross state lines, it is considered a federal crime. And so um, uh-huh. cannabis is, like you said, Schedule One, so it prevents mm-hmm. even the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. They're the people that make sure that the brownie box you buy at the grocery store is safe, the ice cream <laughs> that you buy is safe, the cough medicine right. you go to CVS to purchase is safe, and, of course, the prescription that the doctor gives you is relatively safe. But mm-hmm. they can't even conduct research on this drug to extermin the, to uh, determine its full benefits because they'd have to apply to the DEA, which is the Drug Enforcement Administration that uh, controls the substances that we uh, prescribe that uh, have addictive potential. Right. So, so you're they out have of state to apply patients. to get that. Yeah. Uh huh. So your out of state patients, when they come to you for treatment and uh, consultation, they need to probably, unless they're from now, like for example, they come from Colorado. Is there an issue? Um, um, no, absolutely not. Um, when they mm-hmm. come to see me from Colorado, they have to, of course, at this time, apply for a medical license, and so they have to meet California state uh-huh. criteria for a prescription. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, what about what what about the composition of marijuana? I mean, you know, you, we've all heard the loose terms of weed, and you know, there's other loose terms that go go Absolutely. in and out for popularity. But we, we're going to so, get into a few loose terms here. So yeah. The two derivatives of cannabis are marijuana, which people are very familiar to most people, the name marijuana, and hashish. The term marijuana uh-huh. actually came from a Mexican description of cheap tobacco. That's what it used to mean. But today it mm. refers to the dried leaves or flowers of the cannabis plant. Um, hash, which we, that's short for hashish, is actually highly extracted cannabis product from the sap of the plant. So this is the thick, dark resin that's part of the plant, and it tends to be even more powerful 
than the dry flour itself. So some people medicate strictly with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so hash, is that the, is that the same as uh, with the back in the day, a lot of what they call hashish was around? Is that the same? Exactly. Um, okay. Absolutely. Okay. The exact same thing. It's from the okay. sap of the cannabis plant. And then I guess after that, now there's different types of cannabis um, yes, that have developed. Absolutely. There are three different types, but most people will argue two types. So the first type is sativa, and sativas are known to be uplifting, um, help you with concentration, focus, and enhance your memory. Um, It is very anxiolytic, meaning it helps to reduce stress and anxiety and calm. Um, And it usually produces more CBD than THC, but we'll get into those terms a little bit later. Um, The second type is indica. Indica is considered drug-rich because there's up to 25% THC concentration in dry weight, which is absolutely a lot. Um, Indicas are typically prescribed for um, pain, whether it's muscle, bone, nerve-related pain, um, for people who have insomnia because indica has the wonderful effect of sedation. So some people uh, who have trouble sleeping at night do very well on that. Um, Ruteralis is the last controversial one. Um, it just describes low THC, high CBD strain plants, and we'll talk about why high CBD strain plants are important shortly. But mm-hmm. most people just lump them into sativa, so it's kind of controversial with that. But when I'm in the office with patients, I typically describe three classes as to what they'll see when they enter the dispensary. The dispensary okay. is like a pharmacy for cannabis. Mm, okay, okay. Right. So when you go in, you show your prescription and your ID. They let you in mm-hmm. to the pharmacy portion where all of the cannabis products are. And then there's a menu that you see. Menu meaning what type of strains do they have available in that particular um, dispensary. Mm. So you'll see sativa, indica, or hybrid. So what's a hybrid? A hybrid is like a red rose and a white rose cross to make a pink rose. So in this case, mm-hmm. if it's even an indica will cross to make a hybrid plant, you can choose your ratio between 10 to 90. Some of it will have more sativa-like properties. Some will have more indica-like properties, and some will have a gentle balance of both. And there are some cases where some people need that balanced hybrid for certain conditions. Wow. Interesting. And uh, I tell you, this is why, why the show is so important, because there's, there's a lot, you know, you know, just by going through this composition, you know, there's a lot more to marijuana than just getting high. You know, that you know, that's the bad thing that's out there. There's a lot of education and research that have gone behind this. And and, and there's a lot of benefits. What are some of those those primary components and their and their benefits? Okay. So the primary component that most people hear about is THC and that's mm-hmm. for Delta Nine Tetracannabinol. So there's cannabinol and that's the primary psychoactive component of the plant that's known for help with mainly pain, inflammation, mm. as well as anxiety. But it has mm. other benefits. It's actually mostly known by causing euphoria, which is referred to as the high, but it's really a feeling of greater enjoyment or pleasure for life. So it's not like a high where you're out of touch with reality. So sometimes I mm-hmm. have to patients when they say, I don't want to yeah. feel high. I'm like, cannabis will never place you out of touch with reality unless, there's something else going on, but um, <laughs> cannabis will not do it by itself, um, for sure. Um, THC mm-hmm. is also associated with increased focus. It can also help increase libido, and um, mm. it does increase appetite, and it does cause sedation, as I mentioned before. It can make people very sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is all of the, the THC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just okay. THC. Now, CBD mm-hmm. is called cannabidiol. Now, CBD mm. is actually why I feel a lot of these states' laws have sweeped the nation because of its benefits. Now, TA, now C, CBD has what we consider non-psychoactive properties, meaning it doesn't make you feel euphoric. But it does mm-hmm. have some psychoactive properties because it is calming and uplifting, um, which can also help with some anxiety states. Um, CBD Mm. also has pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory properties, which have made it a focus of possible treatment for conditions such as multiple sclerosis, lupus, Mm -hmm. Crohn's disease, 
Um, actually, I see a lot of inflammatory bowel disease in my office. Um, but both of these mm. compounds work best together, and they enhance the properties of the other. So basically you have a pain-relieving, anti-inflammatory, just one big drug that does a lot of things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, I've heard the term uh, terpenes. Uh, how is that involved with the composition? Is that like just the molecular structure of these uh, uh, agents? It is part of the molecular structure, and it's bound between THC and CBD. So terpenes mm-hmm. are part of the cannabis plant, and they're the oils that actually give the plants their unique smell and their taste. So, uh-huh. for example, some strains will be described as sweet-smelling with a great flavor if you smoke them. Mm-hmm. So that okay. quality comes from the terpenes. Um, recently, closer attention has been paid to terpenes in research because They've been found to play a role in mood elevation, relaxation, mm-hmm. pain relief, and also reducing inflammation. And they also assist the drug to quickly absorb into the system and also cross the blood-brain barrier, which is really important for people who have issues such as anxiety or depression because they encourage the production of serotonin and dopamine, which can reduce anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, now you're medical director at 420 420- Doctors Medical Group in Los Angeles. Is, yes. is that four twenty? Does, does four twenty have a relevance there? <laughs> is that it not does. a street address? I, oh, <laughs> no, it's not a street address. It's not a street address. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I always get asked if four twenty is a date or a time, and I will say uh-huh. that it's both. So in the nineteen okay. seventies, it was referred to as a time after school, where five high school students that called themselves the Waldos, as in Where's Waldo. They would uh-huh. meet to search for this fabled cannabis crop that was left on a treasure map left behind by a grower. So it was like they were following this myth. And so 420 uh-huh. started as a time, but 420 was their code word for basically we're going to search for cannabis. Today, 420 p.m. is considered happy hour wherever cannabis is legal because it's considered a time where consuming cannabis is socially appropriate, similar to alcohol oh, happy wow. hour. We'll have 4.20 p.m., and so the dispensaries will say at 4.20 p.m., you can get this and this for 10% off or something like that, uh-huh. something to make, a, to make it a happy time for everyone. Now, April 20th, which is the other 4.20, uh-huh. since April is the fourth month of the year, the 20th day, that's actually a holiday in my business. So it's a holiday okay. within the cannabis industry and the community, so you'll see sales, special, debut of new strains, and tons of mm-hmm. other paraphernalia launching. And so it's part of the first leg of my busy season, which is from March to May. That's my first busy season that comes up. Um, and it's usually because of 420, because of the, the holiday within the industry. That is amazing that things are developing out of this whole movement and, and, and trend toward looking at the health benefits of this. Now, I, I guess, you know, with this, you know, like different drugs, there's different, you know, types of delivery, um, you know, so are there, can you? Is there more than one way to to get this drug into the system? There absolutely is more than one way to get the drug into the system. There are three main types of ways that people will use to get into to get the drug inside of them. They'll either inhale it, they'll consume it, whether they'll put it under the tongue or they'll eat it like a cookie or a brownie, um, or they can use it through the skin. They can use it transdermally like a patch, a gel, or a tincture. So the first part is the most common way that people get it in, which is inhaling it. So smoking is typically done through a pipe, which is similar to a cigar where medicine is placed into a reservoir, or they'll smoke it through a joint. Everybody's heard of the term joint. Joint is like a poor right. man's cigarette with a self-made filter or just mm-hmm. simply the dried flour rolled into smoking papers or tobacco leaves. When it's wrapped mm-hmm. in a tobacco leaf, that's what's called a blunt. So when people hear a blunt, that's what that means. Right. The tobacco, so then the flour, tobacco leaves yeah. is the difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then you light it similar to a cigarette. When the flour is ignited, you're supposed to inhale deeply so that the medication can go directly into the lungs. And through the mm-hmm. system. So okay. the other part that you can inhale it through is a vaporizer. So a vaporizer mm-hmm. is a tool that slowly subjects cannabis to heat at a lower temperature so that the therapeutic ingredients can change into a gas or vapor without actually burning the plant. 
Mm. So it's thought to be safer than inhaling smoke, but to be honest, there's no definitive evidence to really prove that, um, not to mm-hmm. my satisfaction at least. I do believe, however, that it does reduce upper airway irritation and cough typically associated with inhalation and confers a level of privacy that some need. Like some people need to medicate frequently and discreetly. Um, mm-hmm. Most commonly, those are my terminally ill patients that I can't do anything for, and they're in chronic pain. Um, mm. Vaporizers, mm-hmm. because when you exhale, it's typically vapor and it's odorless. It allows them to medicate frequently and discreetly. So some people need that particular quality in whatever they're using as their medication process. Um, now, I will say that some of the terpenes are lost through the vaporization process, so some mm-hmm. people don't feel adequately medicated through vaporizing because the terpenes, at least in them, cause a medicinal benefit that they know they miss out when they compare it to just regular smoking. But you can mm-hmm. inhale flour, you can inhale oil because there are oil pens that are attached to vaporizers, or you can mm-hmm. use hash itself and you can inhale hash. Okay. The onset actually, yes, and inhaled is the best and fastest way to get it into your body. So when I have patients come into my mm. office, they're like, I don't want right. to smoke it. I'm like, that's the best way to do it, my dear. Right. The onset okay. is five to ten minutes. Five wow. to ten minutes. From the first hit, five to ten minutes, you will feel the effects of the medication. And, and it lasts about an hour and a half to two hours. It's strain dependent, but it's still the fastest and most efficient way to medicate with this drug, hands down. Um, mm. Mm. Well, now, what about – yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm thinking that you're wanting to know about edibles because edibles and oral forms of cannabis are really starting to take the market by storm right now. Um, okay. Uh-huh. And particularly older, the older patients that I see that are between the ages of 50 to 70 prefer it as a method. Um, it isn't more efficient than inhaling it, but – some mm-hmm. under-the-tongue formulas can act as, as quick as 5 to 15 minutes. It really depends on the company that's producing it. Um, but eating it overall is inconsistent. It takes about four hours to take hold due to slow absorption by the gut because at first you have to eat it, and then the stomach's going to break some of the medication down, and then it has to go through the gut, and then it has to go through the liver, and then it enters into the bloodstream. So it's one of the drugs mm-hmm. that have to first pass through the liver and the liver kind of detoxifies it and then it's allowed to enter into the bloodstream. So whatever you, medication that's left from there, we're hoping produces an effect. So because that right. may or may not affect a, a person, um, you know, the effects are very variable. And if it does take hold, it can last from four to six hours. Some people might not want the medication to hang around that long. Um, so it's very variable and it, it, it really uh, it really needs to be further studied, I, I think, um, so that right. people can get more more reproducible and predictable effects from oral uh, forms of medication from ingesting it. Mhm, mhm. And then I understand there's like a um, is that like a, a way to get it through the skin? Yes, absolutely. Uh, like uh, um, some of the patches that we have for pain and that kind of thing. Yes, they do have patches for pain. They have gel. You can also mm-hmm. have a tincture or a cream, and these are applied directly to the skin to allow the medicine to slowly release into the bloodstream. So some people like these because they're really easy to use, and they're mostly odor-free. Some people really don't like the odor associated with the medication. Um, the time right. of onset is about 30 minutes to two hours, and if it mm-hmm. does help you, it lasts up to eight hours. So that's a pretty good benefit, especially if you're um, rubbing a cream into a joint. Um, mm-hmm. It could uh, it could really be um, a game changer uh, for you. So that's what happened with this basketball player. Then he must absolutely. Have, yeah, okay. You're connecting the dots with me here. Yeah, he yep. he had some issues regarding his knee, and he used the cream. Uh, interesting. Okay, that's that's a great mm-hmm. example. So so we talked about the, the types of delivery. You even mentioned you know uh, you know how it moves through the body and that kind of thing. Uh, and I think you've mentioned also about how long it takes to, to take effect. What about leaving the system or getting how does the body um, get rid of it? It really depends on how often you use it. But if you're a person that's not using it for chronically and you're not mm. a heavy user, it takes about 36 hours after you use it for it to leave your system. 
Okay. Okay. Now, if you're um, a moderate to heavy user of cannabis, that process can range anywhere from seven to thirty days. Wow, interesting. Well, we got a, about ten minutes left. I, I, I'd like to get into what are some of the things that that you treat in your uh, clinic and the types of patients that you see, and what is what are some of those disease states? You know, I'm hearing a lot about. Uh, Pain. I mean, we can just start with pain, chronic pain. Uh, I'm assuming you see a lot of those in your in your practice. I would say I prescribe for pain about 50 to 60 percent of the time. That's a large amount mm-hmm. of my patients because pain covers so many different aspects. There's the pain that comes from injury, like a car accident, like a direct injury to the body. There are some pain that's damaged to nerves, like like sciatica or um, diabetic neuropathy. And then I see the pain that has no direct cause, like fibromyalgia. And so cannabis can help all three types of pain. Um, And cannabis is really good at relieving the pain because cells in the body that are injured produce endocannabinoids. And these endocannabinoids actually help coordinate pain signals so that when you take cannabis, it can bind to the cell and then enhance release of neurotransmitters that can actually block the pain and inflammation Response And this happens as high as the central nervous system in your spinal cord. So many of my patients who use cannabis to relieve pain will say that they feel mentally distracted from the pain. And it's actually uh-huh. because there are cannabinoid receptors in the pain processing parts of your brain that are being blocked by the drug. So that's why you feel distracted from it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm noticing, I've, I read also that in Colorado specifically, they've noticed a decrease in opioid-related deaths. I mean, that's a big deal that's going on in Appalachia and a lot of parts of the country where a lot of people they have a lot of opioid deaths. So I'm assuming that, you know, and, uh, and this was just recently published, uh, I guess, uh, not too long ago, but mm-hmm. I, I guess cannabis is, is, how does that differ from opioids? Um, how it differs from opioids is that they don't relieve pain through the same process at all. Mm-hmm. Cannabinoids do not bind to opiate receptors, and their corresponding receptors are not even in the same portion of the brain as opiate receptors. So opiate receptors, when we take a Vicodin or we take a Percocet, it's concentrated in the mid-portion of the brain stem where it acts to disconnect the signal between the nerves that are bringing messages and the nerves that are sending messages in relation to pain. So because of the presence of the opioid receptor in the brainstem, and that's the part of the brain that regulates our ability to breathe and tells us to breathe, that's why opiate use can cause you to stop breathing and it can cause you to, to pass away. Wow. Yeah, it's just that, that respiratory depression is, 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 is uh, something that's very serious. And and so I guess this this can really helps relieve the burden. Uh, well, I, I should say, pain clinicians that treat pain now have another bullet in their armamentarium, or the bullet in the belt. Uh, they don't necessarily have to go with opioids in this scenario, particularly in the states where, well, I guess you, you know, in states where this is is legalized. Yeah, so I absolutely. guess it's something that I mean, you see in California. And I'm assuming yes. probably California will eventually have those same type of numbers uh, with the decreased yes. reduction in deaths. Yes, absolutely, because that study was done in uh, – actually, I think you said recently, like 2014, where they looked at all of the legalized states, and that was mm-hmm. about 13 states from over a period of 10 years. They only did 1999 to, I think, 2010. And they found that states with cannabis laws had a 25% lower annual opiate overdose rate on average Mm. compared to those who did not have a cannabis law. And they found that this effect actually strengthened the longer that the laws were in place. So they studied it up to six years and found that it was as high as a 33% reduction in opiate-related death. Wow, wow. So I guess to summarize the the types of, I mean, pain and conditions you 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 see in your office. You mentioned fibromyalgia. Uh, what what Absolutely. else is that, uh, Dr. Brown? Um, in terms of the type of pain I see in my office, I can see pain that's related to painful periods, fibromyalgia, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. muscle spasms, uh, muscle spasms that are perceived as pain by multiple sclerotics. Um, it's very painful for them to go through that process. Pain that's related to uh, 
Crohn's disease, abdominal cramping, or other inflammatory bowel disease. I've been seeing a lot of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis in my office lately. Um, mm-hmm. Pain due to car accidents that can produce a sciatica or other impinged uh, disc in the spine. Mm-hmm. And I wow. see some diabetic neuropathy from uncontrolled diabetes. I do see some of that. Um, right. I approve those so on a case-by-case basis. Right. Dr. You see patients from all over the country. So anybody um, listening to the show that doesn't live in California, that doesn't mean they can't see you. Is that correct? That is correct. That means they can, uh, they can travel in um, from wherever okay. they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at this time, it's not legal to treat international patients, but I can see patients okay. in all 50 states in the District of Columbia. They can come and see me directly in my office in Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I can do strain Pacific counseling for them or a complete cannabis evaluation for them and talk more about how the treatment can help them. Mm, okay. And before we leave the show, I'd like to, if you have any um, contact information, we need to give that out. Um, what about we got a few minutes left? Um, uh, what about anxiety and depression? Um, can you help with that? Uh, absolutely. Similar to drugs like Prozac and other serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors, cannabis can actually boost the signal through serotonin receptors and increase levels as well and even do it faster than SSRIs. SSRIs typically take about three to four weeks before you feel a medicinal effect versus one to two hits of cannabis. The onset is five to ten minutes. You're feeling better. So cannabis use actually increases the presence of cannabinoids in the brain that can also be reduced as a result of chronic stress. Some researchers have found that a reduction in the natural endocannabinoids that we make in our brain could be a cause of actual anxiety and other types of disorders. Mm. Wow. I can imagine this can be helpful in a lot of cases, particularly – you know, and you know, veterans coming back from any type of combat or situation. Of course, PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome is not only just tied to veterans; it's tied to any, I guess, any traumatic event. But what type of PTSD patients do you see in your clinic? Um, typically, the patients that I see from post-traumatic stress disorder are absolutely veterans, and they have negative mm-hmm. memories that are associated with negative feelings. So. The reason why you have the negative memories are really to keep you from harm by training you, training, uh, training you to avoid something that harmed you in the past. But when people mm-hmm. like veterans experience severe trauma, their negative memory system can totally overreact, and that's when you develop mm-hmm. a post-traumatic stress order. And these are people that develop flashback memories that can cause anxiety, panic attacks, and extreme distress. So that being said, Um, cannabis Mm -hmm. really comes into play because the hippocampus of the brain is the portion of your emotion system where most of your memories are stored. It's actually an area of the brain that has the ability to produce cannabinoids, which can regulate how we process fear. And it's found that in uh, brain scans of patients that have anxiety orders such as PTSD, they have smaller hippocampuses. So the ability of the brain to produce the endocannabinoids to reduce the fear is, is lessened. So since cannabis Mm. and the brain also, they both produce cannabinoids, taking cannabis in the form of THC can assist in forgetting painful events. And it also can promote the growth of new nerves and neurons in the hippocampus so that it helps you to form new memories and break down old fears because you'll have more new nerve tissue to, to, to battle the anxiety and the depression. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's that, that, particularly scenario, I can see benefits a lot of the patients, uh, a lot of patient population. What are some of the future directions that you see as an expert in this area, Dr. Brown, that we're going to? And then I'd like for you to go ahead and give us your any contact information website and how, how can someone reach you? Um, how someone can reach me is they can come to 7324 Melrose Avenue, that's in Los Angeles, California, 90046. They can contact my office directly at 323-933-3717, or they can visit me and message me through my website, which is www.420doctorsla.com. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I think we've 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 I think we've, we've had a great uh, discussion here that really really that just started. I mean, this is this is a, a good groundwork conversation. I'm I really want to have you back on the show uh, to talk more about this because this is an evolving area, uh, and I have what I understand this could possibly. Be uh, useful in areas such as lupus and, and all other types of diseases. So I'd really like to thank you for coming on the show and helping us out here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another exciting episode of the Weekly Wellness Show. Don't forget, if you miss any of this, you can listen to the podcast. And if you think any of this information will help someone else, don't forget to share it. So taking us out is a group of jazz artists collectively known as In Groove. So until next week, I want you to be happy, be healthy, and be kind. Holiday Helpline. We turn the holidays into holidays. We've got too many holiday parties and not enough outfits. Get to Old Navy for the Saturday steal. Old Navy? Yep, today only. Get 50% off all jeans and shoes and fleece popover hoodies are just 12 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. That is a steal. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase, 50% off when you use or open an Old Navy card. 50% off? Yep, turn your holiday into a holiday. Get to Old Navy today. Jeans, shoes, and select styles of fleece style 1118. 40% off, valid 1116 to 1121. Excludes in store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry, and today only deals. 50% off, subject to credit approval, valid 1116 to 1119. See source for details.